When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, joined by Indians beat writer Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, the uh, the Indians coming off uh, a series where they they knock off Texas, and in, in the finale, you had a, a five home run game. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion hit three of them. Uh, looks like Edwin is is starting to come out of whatever you know slump he has from you know traditionally through April. Uh, you know your day is going good when the reporters gather around your uh, your locker to talk to you, and you got to hang up on uh, you know a future first ballot Hall of Famer in, in Albert Pujols uh, to have a conversation with the reporters. Yeah, that was pretty cool. A little FaceTime uh, with 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 Albert and uh, and and Edwin. I, you know, I know Albert's got uh, what over six hundred home runs. <clears throat> I don't know how many. Um, Four short of three thousand for hits, and I don't know how many uh, Edwin has. So that's a lot of home runs right there. But there's a lot of home. That's that's some. That'd be a good uh, conversation to listen in on. So we've talked so much in this first month about the weather and the conditions here at, at Progressive Field and and how the park is playing so big and and so much of what the Indians do offensively is is sort of been you know minimized by the conditions here. Uh, we're really starting to see over the last couple of games what this offense can be once it gets rolling. Yeah, you know, I think a big key of it, Joe, to me at least, is the way Brantley swung the bat. You know, he had the grand slam uh, in the ninth inning and tied it up. He had a couple hits, to, uh, you know, today, uh, Wednesday, against the te- uh, the Rangers, a double. And I think he really kind of, in that four spot, you know, he can really solidify things. And you've got Edwin hitting behind him. The weather's getting warmer. But I think Brantley coming, and he's really been hitting all, you know, through April. He's one of the few guys that have been. But I think he's starting to, you see a little more production out of him. So that's a, that's I think that's a key to the top of the lineup. What's your take in terms of on on the scheduling side of things? Should the Indians be playing mostly AL West teams in the first month or so of the season, where you know you can't, you're going to have to find dates that are commonly open if there's rainouts or whatever uh, and these guys don't come back through all that often so it's really difficult uh, you're going to put hardships on teams if you're scheduling you know teams that only come through here once a season 
and you're scheduling them for April when the weather is going to be questionable and you know it's going to be questionable. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the schedule to me never makes sense. I, you know, they, this year they opened on the West Coast, which which was a good thing, but they opened in Seattle with a dome, you know, on the West Coast, and it was freezing out there, so it helped, but, you know, that, that seems like, uh, you know, redundant to me. If it, uh, You know, the, but uh, I think, uh, you know, I think they've been fortunate really you know the only two rainouts that have been Toronto and now they're gonna uh you know so they that that looks like you know they can handle that they they can they can work around that one way or the other and um you know so it it, it does make it hard though and and we've seen you know we've seen it in the past come back and bite them like you know the time they uh, ended up playing the their home series, the opening home series in in Milwaukee against uh, the Angels, and because it was just you know the weather was so bad here, and it was you know you couldn't dig out of three feet of snow to to play baseball. I, I've got it, it makes sense to me at least. Open the season on the West Coast, open the season in the South in in Tampa where they've got a dome, or in Texas where you know it's going to be hot and dry. Uh, you know, in, in those places where weather isn't going to be a, a problem, you open the season there, spend an extra, you know, week on the road to start after spring training in order to get back to Cleveland when it's, you know, second or third week of April instead of first, and maybe there's a better chance that the weather will be better. Uh, but regardless, you should be playing division teams, you know, the Detroits, Kansas yeah. Cities, who come through two or three times where you can double up on a, you know, piggyback a doubleheader on a four-game, you know, home home stand or sure, you know, visit. Um, so April and September, when the weather could be questionable, that's when you should play your division games. I to to me that makes the most sense. Yeah, and I think they've done that a few, and you know, maybe la- even last year. I know they, you know, they you play your division games in in April and, and September. Like you, you know, you get them. Like your protection, you're protected against the weather in April, and you're going down a stretch, and you want to. Those are the teams you got to play uh, mm-hmm. in in September, and I, you know, that, it's usually the way it is. But you know, sometimes I think you got to remember. You know, everyone says play, play. Why don't they just play, you know spend two weeks on the West Coast? Well, the West Coast teams don't want to burn those those home dates. Mm-hmm. They want the home dates just like everybody else. When school gets out, you know, when when the you know the Fourth of July and and on the holidays, they they want the prime home dates too. So they don't want to use all their home dates just to you know make sure the Indians aren't aren't, aren't freezing their tushes off, you know, back in Cleveland. Uh, you know, and, and in talking about the division and talking about the AL Central, uh, just your impressions of how how bad is the AL Central right now? You've got the Indians thought they were going to be pushed by Minnesota at some point. Minnesota is actually behind Detroit right now in the standings. I think I saw a, a stat or a note as the calendar turned from April into May, the Indians had a four-game lead over Detroit for second place uh, in the division, and that's the the second biggest lead uh, in, in the last, you know, 30 years or so, uh, it was second to the the 95 team, which had a five-game lead over Detroit at the time. So uh, that that team was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that, that that says more about the quality of play in the in the division. Yeah, I think so, because the Indians, you know, we've been watching them every day, and they haven't, you know, they haven't been knocking, you know, knocking anybody's uh, lights out, you know. They, they've been playing, I mean, they've been, 
you know, just kind of middle of the road to me. I mean, Clevenger said it, uh, you know, a couple nights ago after his start that, you know, they haven't really played their best baseball and they're still in first place. They're still, you know, they're just kind of keeping their nose above 500, uh, you know, and I... So, yeah, yeah, I think it's a reflection more on the division than, than it is, uh, um, you know, definitely a reflection on the Indian, on, on the division as, and not uh, to say, you know, the Indians are, are clicking on all cylinders. I, I don't think that, that's the case at all. We've, we've seen that the last couple of days here. Yeah, specifically, I think Minnesota's been a, a big disappointment in terms of uh, their pitching, for sure. Uh, and they just put... Uh, Miguel Sano on the DL. He's on the 10-day DL with a hamstring issue, so that's going to hurt their offense a little bit. I think I saw uh, something I looked up the year over year. Uh, Through 27 games last year, the Indians were 15-12 and 12 and tied with Detroit for the division lead at this time last year. Uh, through 27 games this year, they were 15-12 and 12 and had that four-game lead over, over Detroit. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's not like they're doing anything better than they were last year, and and look how last year's regular season went. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, you know, like Minnesota, like you said, they have been hurt by injuries. Buxton, you know, had the migraines, and now he's got the bad foot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that really takes a lot out of their club. I, I, I really like him. And, you know, that's your leadoff hitter, your center fielder. And I don't know if Santana's back yet or not. I, I, I don't know if he's back with the, from the finger injury. That, that I haven't seen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so so you know, it, it it is. And you know that like when you're referring to '95, I mean, they won the division by 30 games. <laughs> so, and does that does, does this team seem like that team? Not. It doesn't no. seem to but, that team to me. But does this seem team? Does this team seem like 2017 with that uh, that won 102 yeah. games? And right now they're ahead of where they were right st- technically last year. And and it is kind of a, the same kind of you know they the, last year the the rotation was struggling you know they couldn't they couldn't get everyone in line or some you know some guys were hurt and uh, but now it's the rotation has been you know solid the offense has struggled and the bullpen's kind of shaky right now so you know I th- I think it just says you know it, that a that. There's a lot of talent on this team, mm-hmm. and it just it, not everyone is pulling on the same end of the rope just yet. And uh, B, the division is struggling. You know, they're, they're, they've got uh, you know the Tigers. We've seen the Tigers, and okay, you know, you know, I, we've seen them and uh, and swept them. Yeah. yeah, and and they look like the same team they were last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, and uh, I think uh, Gardenhire is going to do a good job. He'll keep them, you know, competitive. But you know. The, the Indians should win. The, I mean, they're, they're, they, they are the you know distinct favorites in this division. You talked about uh, the level of talent on this team, and uh, you know, with the situation in the bullpen uh, struggling and and the the movement, you predicted that there was going to be movement, and, and there was today as they made a move. They they uh, DFA'd um, Matt Belisle, who had made the club out of spring training, uh, and they brought in Ben Taylor. He pitched uh, against Texas. And there, there are probably, maybe, likely, still more moves to be made. Plucko's with the team as the 26th man for the uh, the the doubleheader, but you know, there's probably more that could be happening. Josh Tomlin has a big start coming up in New York uh, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is you know you've got it. You know they they've got the Yankee series. You're gonna to have to deal with that. Then then you go to Milwaukee, a team that's you know kind of on the upswing. 
on the road, and uh, there's going to be some issues in the bullpen. You know, hopefully Andrew Miller comes back. He's he can come off the DL on uh, Sunday in New York if that. If that works out, if that you know comes to fruition, that that solves a lot of your problems. I think maybe that'll settle the bullpen down. But uh, yeah, I mean the the bullpen has been worked worked hard here, and you know we there's still to me they still haven't found a, you know a, the next Brian Shaw. They have, I don't think they've come close to that. Right. You know we've seen a lot of guys get get tested. You know Olson, uh, uh, Nick Goody, uh, you know. Uh, 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 Bellevue, those kind of guys that have come up and you know had had chances to pitch in big spots, and you know the results have been mixed. So, you know, I, I you know the, I would think that uh, you know there, there's there's some people down in Buffalo, I mean Buffalo in <laughs> Columbus that you know that are you know are, are are thinking about you know they they've got a chance to come up here and help and. You know that that and the, uh, the 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 shuttle hasn't started in full swing yet, but I think it will be. Right. Last year, the it wasn't as bad. Last year, they only used seven starting pitchers throughout the season last year, and and this year, the, Pluko will be the sixth in the in yeah. the the game this year. But you know that's we've still we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Ryan Merritt. We're still waiting to see what's going to happen with. Uh, you know, on the position side, Gio Urshela. Yeah. As those guys, the decisions are going to be coming soon with them as well. So uh, the roster isn't necessarily in flux, but there are going to be a couple of, of, of noticeable changes coming up soon. Yeah, and you know, getting back to your question about Tomlin, you know, I, you know, I find it hard to believe they'd make a move with him. I think, uh, you know, I think they're going to give him every chance. And obviously, it, it you know, the last few, the last three or four. I mean, he's. What's he had maybe one decent start mm-hmm. so far this this season? Uh, I think you know not being reused regularly you know comes into it into that. Uh, but to me, I don't know if his stuff is the same. I th- it looks like his velocity's dropped a little, and uh, you know he's given up home runs in bad spots, and uh, he's given up home runs in bunches too. Yeah. It's not just like you know he's giving up four home runs at a rip, and that's. That's really tough to give your team a chance to win, if if, if that's going to be the case. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, he's he, this is his last year. He's a free agent at the end of the year, you know. And but he's you know the, also the longest tenured player. Uh, you know, the, he's well respected in the organization. I, you know, I if if push comes to shove, I would think they'd put him in the bullpen before they would do anything. Right. You know, like uh, like uh, release him or trade him. I, I I can't I can't see that happening. Uh, but um, you know, I, I just think he's got to pitch better. You know, and he knows that. And and I, Francona has so much faith in him that uh, we'll see if it's rewarded. And you know, the, the Yankees. That's a tough lineup to go <laughs> into Yankee Stadium with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and Sanchez and all you know, Didi Gregorius, all those guys. And your fastball's topping out at 80, at 86, 87 miles yeah, an hour. I mean, that's you just you better oh. he better be able to paint the corners and and do what he does. You know, change speeds and and take the sting out of hitters' bats, or he's going to get stung in in the Bronx. He talks about he talks about in his post games talking about missing barrels. He he better miss a lot of barrels. Uh, yeah, coming and, up this and he's and I've, you've, we've seen him do it so many times. He's been you know given up for dead, or you know this is his last start, or how can they keep running this guy out there? And he always seems to come back the the last three or four years. He's 
you know, he's he's really been a great story. So, you know, I'm pulling for him. I I, I hope he does. Uh, he's an easy guy to pull for because yeah, he's yeah. such a great guy. But yeah. uh, all right. Well, speaking of e- easy guys to pull for, let's go the opposite direction and and talk uh, talk about spin rates and sticky substances. <laughs> I know I, I can see by the look on your face, Paul. Uh, talking about Trevor Bauer and his now the Twitter beef with with the the Astros. That's I, I think that's just a symptom of the whole the whole thing because he's got his uh trevor's got his you know thing with garrett cole and that goes yeah way back back to college you know that's that's one thing and so he puts out the 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 sort of shady tweet that says you could trade for a guy whose spin rate goes up and you know what's that and and that's sort of what got it on the the astros radar well he came out today and said i'm not trying to say the astros cheat and well, you kind of did, but we'll, yeah, we'll but, forget about it. And, and when Brantley gets one in the ribs the first time he gets up at uh, at Minute Maid Park, then we'll know that yeah. you know that they were listening. But talk a little bit about what you think about what Trevor's saying with this whole this problem in Major League Baseball of ignoring the rule about banned substances <laughs> on the mound. I, you know, I I think you know. Pitchers have put put stuff on the ball forever, and I think you know they they put pine tar on, especially in uh, you know cold weather to get a better grip on the ball, and and uh, I guess to you know Trevor says it, it increases the spin rate, and I, I can understand that an increased spin rate makes the ball move more, uh, makes you more effective, and it's harder to hit, uh, but you know, but I. I just don't. I don't know baseball. You know, I don't see it as a as a huge problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is like uh, steroids, which he equated it to. I, I'm not sure if he equated it to it in the exact. Uh, well, he that, said that the approach that Major League Baseball is taking is the same that it took with steroids, and, and, in and that it's you look the other way, and you reap all the benefits because the things that people like to see are home runs and strikeouts. So, strikeouts are up. Home runs are up. Everybody's happy. There's no problem. Yeah. So what is he right? What is he complaining about? His his complaint, I think, is that it's if it's a rampant issue with other teams or whatever, that you you've got to do it because the guys who aren't doing it are the ones who are being victimized yeah. here. They're the ones who aren't getting the hundred twenty million dollar contracts, right. and I, I think. It, this all this all boils down to Trevor's own personal, I don't want to say agenda, but his own desire to be regarded among the elite pitchers in the game. He wants to win multiple Cy Youngs, and he thinks that he's in that class, and he sees the guys on the Astros pitching staff, the Verlanders and the Coles and, and the Keuchels and, and McCullers especially, and... Uh, you know, having these wild strikeout games with, you know, all this incredible movement, and he thinks, well, there's something to that. And he spent time this summer and or, or, or this offseason researching. That, <laughs> imagine that the, the image that was conjured in all of our minds was Trevor and, like, these chemists sitting around yeah. <laughs> uh, boiling up pine tar and Coca-Cola. Test tubes, and all bubble it over like a, like a Frankenstein I mean, movie. <laughs> I mean, and that's and that's the level that he's willing to go to to, to sort of prove his theory on this. Uh, you know, I give him an A for effort. And, I mean, 
What is he? I mean, he struck out eleven guys the last time out. You know, he, he threw a hundred. Check him for pine tar. <laughs> yeah, he threw hundred twenty-two pitches. Uh, you know, Francona sent him out there. Hundred twenty-two pitches, second most in his career. He gave up the game time home run on the last pitch. But you know, I mean, it, is he mad about that? I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad about that. Yeah. I thought he did. He had a great game. I, if you want to be recognized as a great pitcher, pitch. Yeah. Win games, you know, do what he's doing. I mean, I, I, nothing comes easy. You, you can't snap your fingers and, 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 and just want and win a Cy Young. And he hasn't. He's, he's really, he's worked hard. He's, you know, he's never been hurt. He's, you know, all the, he has such good qualities and, you know, and he sets a good example. But, I mean, he's always, he's, he's like fighting too many battles to me. I right. mean, Concentrate in your job, you know. Leave the turn off the outside noise and and just concentrate on on pitching and and you know things will work out. But there's always it's, it's he's one of those guys that you know it seems to me has to have a little turmoil in his life and he likes it that way. And you know some people are just saying you know I just want I just want to be at peace. But uh, you know and, and you know so I mean that's what makes him go. You know and. You know, I think he's in the Cy Young conversation right now, and so, you know, but if you know if he wants to do a crusade against, uh, you know, sticky substances on the baseball, and he's trying to get, uh, you know, the commissioner, uh, his buddy Manfred, to uh, <laughs> pay attention, I guess this is a way to do it. But, you know, this has been going on for a long time, and he wants to legalize it, and. Uh, I, he and, he, and he wants to legalize sticky substances. That's <laughs> yeah. He wants to, you know, wants everybody to use it. And, and so what? It, what I, yeah, uh, his solution is is to to level the playing field is to let everybody use any kind of substance on the and and so you know and and Terry Francona said, you know, he he didn't come out and outright agree with him, but he said, you know, a batter standing in there against a guy throwing ninety eight on a cold day when the ball feels like a, a cue ball. Yeah. You know, you want that guy to have a grip sure. and, and have an idea where that ball is going because it could be coming ninety-eight towards your head. Right, and uh, yeah, and I think the hitters are in favor of it too. So maybe it's something they have to look at. But I'm not sure this is the way to go about it. This is maybe this is a grassroots movement, and uh, you know, uh, Trevor will be uh, leading the charge down. Uh, and, you know, I don't know down down. <laughs> Down to Forty Second Street in in Manhattan to uh, the commissioner's office. All right. Well, uh, again, we talked about this weekend the uh, the big uh, series in New York. First time the Indians have uh, faced the Yankees since uh, that that fateful uh, playoff run last season. Uh, what to expect just from the, the Yankees, who are I, I believe second in the division behind Boston. Uh, you know. Playing at a, a decent level, but not yeah. necessarily the level that the expectations are always going to be higher in New York, especially when you've got Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. So, you know, what can the Indians, uh, you know, hope for this this weekend with you know the Yankees missing Carrasco and Kluber in, yeah. in the rotation? Well, it's going to be a good test, and uh, you know they always seem to play well at, at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, they were five and two against the Yankees last year. You know, Jose Ramirez really always plays well there that's a good thing um 
you know, the Yankees are playing well. I, I think they they just uh, they had won eight straight, and uh, I think uh, they, there's, the winning streak just got broken. They swept they swept the Angels for sure. So yeah, so I mean, they, but they you know they kind of had a slide there a little bit, then then they came back and have won eight straight. Uh, Aaron Boone is it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up in uh, over the course of the season as a rookie manager, but uh, I think uh, I think the Indians will do well. I think. You know, uh, the the weather is turning well. Uh, you know, better for them. I think offensively, it looks like Lindor and and uh, Ramirez and and Brantley are coming around at the top of the order. You know, I I worry about the bullpen though. You know, Joe, I think that's that's going to be a sticking point. And I, we've we've seen it. We saw it against Seattle, which to me looked like one of the best clubs in baseball right yeah. now. And uh, we saw it a little bit against the the, the Rangers. And uh, can they, uh, you know, if they have a if they have a guy that only goes five innings, how are they going to? How is Francona going to, um, ma- you know, put this uh, bullpen together to get to Allen? And is he going to have a, Cody Allen throw forty one pitches every time he goes out there now and hands him the ball with one out in the eighth? Is that how it's going to work? I mean, somebody somebody's going to have to take charge in the bullpen. And and right now, uh, you know, I you, I like Olson, uh, you know, I like what he's done. Uh, but I'm, I think you know, is I think you can get him for maybe two guys, two or three guys. He can get a right hander out, but you, you, they need somebody else. And uh, it, it's you know, as Andrew Miller can't get back fast enough. But you know, do and the last thing you want to do is rush him because you know we've seen him go on the DL a couple times last year because right. of it. All right. Well, we'll find out in Yankee Stadium this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.